I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Thursday, December 15th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Okay, so Jay, for the fact of the daily, FOD, $2,024 is the national average rent in Canada for November. That's a 2.5% month-over-month increase and a 12.4% year-over-year increase, which is a new all-time high. Now, Jay, I have to say, I am personally very lucky in that I renegotiated my rent at during COVID when rents are very low. And so now it's rent controlled. You can't increase the prices. But wow, that is that's that's expensive rent. That's expensive and it's a big jump. And I'm sure there are people saying, I'm glad I'm not paying that much. There's probably just as many people saying, I wish I was paying that because they live in downtown Toronto or downtown Vancouver. I know. Well, it's it, but it's crazy to me to think that that's the national average, considering that people live all over the place. People live in Montreal, people live in Calgary and Edmonton, and that's inclusive of everything. It shows you just how off kilter that Toronto and Vancouver must be bringing that price up. Because I, I know for a fact, people are not paying $2,024 a month for rent in downtown Calgary. Or if they are, they got a really nice place. That doesn't feel like it's the average rent there. We are skewing the numbers. Brett, aside from massive rent increases year over year and month over month, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, there's a central bank rebrand. For our second story, Google's response to chat GPT. And for our last story, We've got some new China COVID policies. For our first story, like many of us, the world's central banks are ready for a rebrand in 2023. Out with the inflation fighting, funds sucking, and in with a cooler and more laid back approach to rate hikes. But I like the sound of that. It sounds actually cooler. What's driving the news here? Yeah, it's more of a, a laid back tiff map now, you know. Letting, letting things go, just uh, taking it easy. Look, on the heels of better than expected inflation data, the U.S. Fed raised its base interest rate by a half percentage point yesterday to a range of 4.25% to 4.5%, ending a months-long series of 0.75 percentage point dubbed as supersized rate hikes. The change of pace is a reflection of recent economic data that has signaled that price growth is slowing and may have even reached its peak. Since then, the U.S. and Canada moved more quickly and aggressively than other central banks respond to rampant inflation. They can be among the first to pull back now that they were so aggressive earlier on. And a maverick because the pivot to smaller rate increases by the world's most demanding, literally, economy is likely to set the pace internationally, with both the European Central Bank and the Bank of England poised to increase borrowing costs by half a percentage point this morning. To zoom out, price growth may be easing across Canada, the US, and Europe, but central banks will likely keep interest rates high for some time to further curb demand and alleviate inflationary pressures. Now, most experts aren't holding their breath for rate cuts before 2024, though, so don't hold your breath. <laughs> It'd be hard to hold your breath till then, anyway. For our second story, Google heard all the clamor about ChatGPT, OpenAI's AI chatbot that's been heralded as a huge leap forward in the field, and how it could one day take on none other than Google Search. Now, in response, the company is just telling everyone to take a serious chill pill. There's actually a lot of commonality between kind of what the central banks are up to with Google. It's all about this is 2023 is the year of the chill, Jay. Now, what is Google's response to OpenAI? I can't wait for that T-shirt. Well, at a recent company meeting, an employee asked Alphabet CEO Sundar Pichai and Google's head of AI, Jeff Dean, if the recent success of ChatGPT represented a missed opportunity for Google, considering it has an AI chatbot with similar capabilities. Now, the bot in question 
Lambda, which is spelled capital L, lowercase a, all caps MDA. It doesn't, it's not very intuitive. It's so advanced, in fact, that it made headlines earlier this year when an ex-Google engineer claimed that the bot was sentient, that it could feel. Now, this was debunked, but it was a crazy allegation. Sure, that's what everybody would always say. That's false. Pachai and Dean responded by saying, since they're Google, you know, the place where everyone gets their info, they can't just willy-nilly release Lambda into the wild like a startup could because of the reputational risk the technology and its various issues posed. Yeah, Dean said that we are absolutely looking to get these things out into the real print of real products, but it's super important to get this right. To be fair, OpenAI CEO Sam Altman is in agreement, tweeting, chat GPT is incredibly limited, but good enough at some things to create a misleading impression of greatness. And here's the bottom line. It's fun to fantasize about new tech taking on traditional big players, but it's easier tweeted than actually done. Like driverless cars or quantum computing, there's a lot that needs to happen before a promising tech can be rolled out at full scale. Now, AI chatbots, they can still be tricked, biased, and even spit out wrong information. So it's unlikely the technology will compete with search anytime soon. For our third story, in the week since China drastically rolled back its draconian COVID restrictions amidst nationwide protests, the virus has torn through the nation with reckless abandon. Yeah, here's what's happening. So China has stopped counting asymptomatic COVID cases, with its National Health Commission saying they've become impossible to track as most people with asymptomatic cases, they're just not getting tested creating an unclear picture of total infections. <laughs> it's like, welcome to 2021. But since lifting mandatory testing requirements to enter most public places, China's COVID numbers have become unreliable or, in the words of the EU's president, meaningless. Now, the decision to stop tracking asymptomatic cases comes after a forecast that China could see 1 million COVID deaths over the winter if it continues to spread across the country. As of right now, hospitals are already overwhelmed despite state instructions to stay home if you're sick, while there's a nationwide shortage of cold and flu medicine. Now, in response, China is trying to dramatically increase vaccination rates with a specific focus on getting those over 60 to get booster shots, something that's been easier said than done. But it matters because China's repeal of COVID zero policies was supposed to be a welcome change for a global economy that was rocked by its constant lockdowns. But now the lack of accurate data on cases and deaths will make it difficult to track COVID spread, creating new uncertainties about the economic health of the world's second biggest economy. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. Have a good day. You too.